welcome back everybody oh sorry i was like trying to share my screen we're on zoom again guys yes but not because of sickness again we just no even though we've been sick yeah last week both got sick again <laughs> yeah we apologize for the inconvenience it was pretty bad i lost it was I had bad. A pretty disgusting voice and then you and i got you sick and then it was i had like, a narnar fever yeah it was really bad yeah it, like it hasn't been that bad in a while yeah but it's going around the school i had eight kids out today so oh gosh yeah i know i had i had yeah. i think three out with the flu this week but i yeah my fever wasn't as bad as yours but yeah, it was crazy. Voice, so I'm definitely glad to be like on the mend. Yeah. I sound a little bit stuffy, but I'm not nearly as bad as it was the other day. So oh, for sure. But life is good. It's great. And we're pretty much zooming because I'm at home today. I took the day off work because I finished <laughs> all my homework. Yay! Like all, all. Like it's done. <laughs> done, done. I'm not done. Yeah. That's okay. It almost done. Took, it did not take that long. The only reason it took me longer was because I didn't do last week's assignment. So, oh, that's good to, to know. So, good to it's know. literally just putting everything together we've done. So, great. Well, I can manage that. Oh, yeah. Well, we're so close. We graduate in like two weeks. Oh, my gosh. It's happening. It's going to be great. I can't wait to not have homework. <laughs> I know my mom was like, what are you going to do when you graduate? I'm like, live everything, literally, like do anything. The, yes. the, my, my floors in my house will be clean. Like that's uh, what's going to Read a book. <laughs> I'm going to read a book other than, um, gentle parenting so that we can have some episodes on new content, new stuff. You guys will get a lot of new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily we have new content today on your behalf. Yeah. So this is a book that I've been reading ish like I like tried to get into it then obviously homework took over COVID took over sickness took over so it took a little bit but um this is a book it's we got when we were in LA and yeah. we went book shopping uh this is the one that I got so it's called Teach and Go Home by Danielle <laughs> E. Felton Teach so, and Go Home Teach and Go <laughs> home sorry that's very appropriate for the end wrapping up the end of the school year and then going into next year I figured too it'll give us some some things to think about for next year and you know I will say that we'll we'll talk about some stuff in this book um there is some stuff that I kind of disagreed with actually so oh really yeah I think it'll be kind of fun to 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 talk about what she talked about and then how I might not necessarily agree with it. So Wait, it's kind of debate. like two, it's only happened like a couple times in the book that I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about that. So we'll see, but I figured, you know, it's titled teach and go home and that's what we all want to do. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So I'll kind of just dive into it and I know Let's Taylor will comment when you want oh, to comment. <laughs> you betcha I will. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, she so I will say I I'm not I'm not talking about the entire book because some of it was not super applicable to us personally and I know it can be for you guys 
out there um, that have, you know, different uh, planning systems in place, but I'll talk about a little bit of it, but not go into like crazy detail. Um, so if it's something that you are interested in, you are welcome to read this book. So the author, Danielle E. Felton, she was slash is, I believe, a teacher. Um, she talked a lot about how, you know, her first few years were rough. And I think we all know that that is true through yeah. and through no matter what. Fair. <laughs> um, so it kind of, I, I liked the first chapter cause it really like reaffirmed why I'm a teacher. Um, she talked about kind of like teachers and our superpowers. So Ooh, um, okay. <laughs> that's what I liked about it. So she said, the respectable traits of our profession are devotion, detail, and efficiency, which I would agree with. Yeah. Um, well, you kind of yeah. have to have those yeah. professional traits in order to be a teacher. Um, and then when the work of teaching starts to outweigh the joy and compromising your ability to perform, it is yeah. time for a major change. So which I think, you, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think our society is kind of there as a whole Yeah. right I now. And there's definitely that. big changes that need to be made. And it all starts with us. Yes. You know, does. we have to be the advocates for ourselves. Mm -hmm. so. And, and that's why I thought that was a pretty good point of like, when the stresses of our job start to outweigh the joy, that's when we need to make some changes. Yeah. And throughout this book, she has different things to make those changes. So we'll kind of talk about some of those things. Um, she, <laughs> just, I'll read this kind of quickly. She kind of just described teachers which I was like this is if this is not the most accurate description of teacher oh, I don't know what is so for those of you out there like my mom who listen and you are not a teacher um or if you are and listen to this and you're like yes that is my day so it says you're responsible for knowing that William only likes to be called William and never will because if you call <laughs> him such William will become stubborn and have a fit you have to remember that Layla must be reminded and dismissed to go to the nurse before lunch each day at 12 15 and she must take a partner with her but her partner can never be caitlin unless layla chooses caitlin because layla and caitlin have a protocol put into place from a disagreement they had last school year that is being carried over to the school year after year by their teacher there is the pressure of observation in two weeks the grading window closing in three days two assessments or tomorrow <laughs> yes two assessments to give grade enter in the, into the grade book and return with feedback. Plus it's flu season and your throat is scratchy. Oh, How about tweet. the days when you have lesson plans to develop or prep 12 emails pending, four of which belong to Layla's mom and two yes. more from other staff members involving William, <laughs> a parent phone call to return, a spontaneous bloody nose, a fire drill and two staff meetings disguised under the name team and committee meetings on the same day how about within the same afternoon how far off is that description not at all not at, <laughs> that like, is wow, spot that on change some sucks. names and some events yes you have I a day-to-day -day yes description That's of it. our lives so literally Oh my gosh. And it's so funny with the kids. Like, that's true. That's so true. You, and you have to you keep that know. in mind. Like, I'm oh, like, I have to make sure that this student doesn't sit next to this student in yeah. this particular part of the day because then he'll do this and that. It's like never ending. No. And we hear all this stuff about like de decision fatigue, right? Happening with teachers. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, it's no joke. Because <laughs> look at all the things we like, have to decide and do and execute and 
one day a seven eight hour day eight hour day yeah so I just thought that was fun and for those of you to get a laugh because I'm sure that's your day as well yeah um so she states as controlling as teachers can be most of teaching involves things that we cannot and would never be able to control so I feel that in my core because I want to control everything but Mm -hmm. teaching it's not something that you can always control so yeah Um, too often we find ourselves spending our entire planning period planning what it is we want to do. But by the time we actually get to the planning part, you have seven minutes until student pickup. So it was like, that's accurate as well. (laughs) Um, she says planning my day according to my level of energy and the degree of priority made me made really good sense when it came to establishing my productivity. I had to be realistic and sensible to the one who would be completing the tasks, which is me. And Mm -hmm. I kind of thought that related to when we did our in the flow. Um, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) When we did the episode on in the flow for you ladies and making sure you're mapping out your cycles, Mm -hmm. um, based on the energy that you know that you might have during certain cycles. So it's so true because like when you're in your, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting all the phases, like ovulation phase, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to want to do a graphing project that involves everybody. And it's super joyous. And then when I'm in my menstrual, I'm like, please just do your independent work and do not come up to <laughs> like, me. Go, go do the work. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Don't bother but me. it is true. Like you do have to think about yourself. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. If yeah. you want to remain sane. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so then she also, I like, she had some like vocabulary words and one of them was teacher. So this is how she defines teacher. Uh, supreme being a practical <laughs> superhero. Yes. They're required to face oppositions, encounter obstacles, and be tested in physical endurance cool. and emotional strength. So yes. I feel that. I appreciate that definition. Yes. Thank I you do as well. Danielle. <laughs> so this kind of chapter was titled Objectives, Please. And it was more just like kind of how she outlines things. So she uses the term prop, P-R-O-P, which represents a system of being prepared, planned, organized, and productive in your pursuits. So she kind of uses that throughout the book of like, this method is prop of like making sure you prepare, you plan, you organize, and then you're productive. So like following through with your plans pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then she also uses the term pig. So P-I-G, which refers to the process of taking time to establish purpose, intentions, and a goal before you begin anything. Um, so I think that's more so for people that actually have to plan their curriculum. Right. Um, whereas we don't necessarily have to do that where we work. Um, but making sure that you set a purpose for everything and that purpose should always revolve around the benefit of your students. Um, and then your intentions. So like, what are my intentions with this task versus this task? Um, she says to simplify your routines where you can, but simplification does not guarantee fast. And she says, don't cheat yourself and remember that sophistication is what you make it. So I thought that was kind of a good little pointer. Yeah. Um, I also should have like prefaced this whole thing that this will probably be like pretty mini, a little mini like pointers that I feel like we've made a lot, but just kind of to bring them all together. Um, well, cause this, I have no idea what you're going to say. So, <laughs> well, just like the whole episode itself, you know what I mean? Like just, yeah, sure. but, uh, let's see the next 
chapter she titled class begins so this is the chapter that i like skimmed through a little bit took some pointers here and there just because it is a chapter on how to set up your classroom um and that's something that we've already done so i was kind of just looking for more like pointers for you all out there um to like if you have set up your classroom or in your need of setting up your mm. classroom to take some of these pointers so um well she- and the Sorry okay. to interrupt you. I was just thinking like we are planning over this summer at some point to have an episode mm-hmm. probably more toward the beginning of next school year on the first days of school by yeah. Wong is the last name. I think it's mm-hmm. Henry or Harry Wong. Yeah. Um. So we will go into detail about that, especially for like student teachers that are graduating, mm-hmm. teachers that need to spruce things up, maybe yeah. veteran teachers. So that will be coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't want to go too crazy detail with this one. I just wanted to take some of the pointers that this specific author had. Um, So she says, and I kind of like this point that the classroom is not yours. It is theirs, the students. So the ones whose learning you are facilitating. So oftentimes we refer to it as my classroom, my classroom, my classroom, but we should be referring to it as our classroom. That's okay. Yeah, because it is your students and it is yours. Um, It's yours to guide your students, um, but it's also theirs and they need to take ownership of the environment that they're in. And I think we've talked about that too. They should be cleaning up after themselves. Like it's their classroom just as much as it is yours. I was more. When you first read that, I was like, what do you mean? It's not mine. Like, (laughs) yeah, I, I do take a lot of pride in our, as you do in our, mm-hmm. in our classrooms. Yeah. But she is absolutely right. Like it's not just theirs. It's not just yours. It's yeah. together collectively a place of like, it's like your home outside yeah, of your home. It's our second home. So, um, she says there should be nothing so valuable or personal that you would be obligated to turn back or keep locked away, which is like, I get that point you shouldn't really be bringing anything too valuable. But at the same time, I'm like, I have bought things for my classroom that if I were to ever leave, I would be taking those. Oh, yeah. And I think everyone does that. So, yeah. (laughs) But also like that goes for, I, like, I think, I don't know why my mind goes to students, you know, like don't bring things that (laughs) you find valuable because you never oh, know. And I had, happen. I had to have a talk with one of my students about that. She brought in a mood ring and oh. her mom was like, don't lose it. And she lost it. And so she oh. was crying. I think I, I like, found it. No way. Is it a flower? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No way. I'm pretty sure one of my students took it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's miss. Um, and A's. Okay. Yeah. I'll see if I can, uh, where I, I put oh, it. Oh, I'm glad I brought that up. Maybe that's yeah. hers. Okay. Well, anyway, like you said, uh, we tell our students all the time not to bring personal things in no. because they can get lost. And then we don't need the additional tears when they do get lost. Exactly. <laughs> um, author says in a nutshell, keep your classroom simple and to the point, which yes. I would also agree with. Yes. Um, saves you time too. Say it again. I said it saves them, them, oh. us, us teachers time as well. Yeah. And I know people love to go like Above all out. Yeah. yeah. And I think themes are great. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. also like beauty or simplicity is beautiful in oh, essence yeah. at most of the time. Yeah. Like having your staple pieces, but 
we definitely have like little themes in our classroom like mine is cactus yours is sunflower but we Mm -hmm. do not go overboard by any Mm -hmm. means um some questions that you can ask yourself when you are setting up your classroom um kind of the three main things what is your classroom's purpose what are your intentions or intended outcomes and then what goal or goals do you have set for yourself to know when it has been achieved so like kind of like what's your end goal with certain things in your classroom um and so she mentioned something similar to what we i think our philosophy in our school is um she says that her school was the one that did not place high priority in decor or level of classroom quote unquote cuteness um and so which i would agree with at our school it's that student work and evidence of curriculum standards and student learning is more important. So displaying student work and things like that is much more important than the cute little things that you need to happen. Um, So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty similar to us. We're very simple at our school. We are a classical liberal arts, so we can't have any of the cute little posters in our classroom, which I think I appreciate. But it also keeps away from the loudness of what a classroom can potentially become with too many things. Yes, exactly. Because it can become overwhelming. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you think about how easily a child can be distracted and if you have all these cutesy anchor charts and doodads on the wall. I mean, if I were a child, I'd be staring at those versus listening to. Oh, yeah. And I mean, think about your students with like ADHD and ADD and how much that can Mm -hmm. distract them. So, but I also will say it's, it's a balance, right? Like you Mm -hmm. have to have, like we said, we have very subtle themes in our classrooms and our classrooms are by no means boring either. You would walk into our classroom and think, wow, this is great. Like it's still beautiful. It's clean. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I remember in science, my gosh, sophomore year, white walls, right? Like nothing was up. Yeah. That's one extreme. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't be loud. Don't be boring. Exactly. You There's can do a happy it. Middle ground in there. Um, so throughout this book, she has these little things like just sprinkled in called, she calls apple bites, just like little <laughs> tidbit like whatever um so she said after each unit and between quarters make sure or make it a habit to clean out your folders and unused ideas which I kind of I'm guilty of not doing um my filing cabinet is so full right now it's ridiculous really I uh yeah all student papers that I know that I don't need oh okay like that I know that I don't need so I just I agree with like kind of cleaning out after every quarter um clean what is it like clean mine clean like whatever just your whole classroom I think the vibe will be a lot better if like your mind and your filing cabinets are clean I agree (laughs) um designing your classroom so she says to stick to the mentality that we use for preparing and setting up your own personal kitchen as a metaphoric framework for the design to set up your classroom. So you think about it in your kitchen, everything has a place, right? And usually you put it where it belongs as in like, obviously like you want your silverware to be in a certain place that's um, reachable and whatever. So that's how she says you should go about designing your classroom is um, when you're preparing 
like you need to have ideas of function, location, access and usage, and then space and storage. So I kind of like that little metaphoric, whatever, because it's mm-hmm. true. The way you set up your kitchen, you want to set up your classroom in a similar way. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, go into detail about like, cause oh, I should just grab the book. It's right behind me. Um, Wong <laughs> last name Yeah, goes into detail about like where you should and should not put items, which yes. is helpful, but again, yes, for is. another time. Yeah. And then, I mean, in her book, she said, she like, I, and I know I talked to you about this before Taylor, but she said like things you should have under your sink and how every classroom should have a sink, but we do not have a sink in our classroom. So I will say, I kind of skipped through that part because I was like, that's not really relevant to me. Um, but, but it, it makes sense, you know, having certain cleaning products and stuff like that in your classroom would be beneficial. Did you find the book? Yeah. It's Harry. Harry Wong. Yeah, Harry and, uh, Rosemary. Oh, I love it. So that's, yeah, we'll, we'll do a future episode on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of designing your classroom, you know, keep it simple. Um, don't go overboard, but also make it homey and make it your own. That's what I would say. Um, this next chapter is on planning. So I'm just going to keep this one pretty simple because, Although I know that there are teachers out there that do have to plan their curriculum. I didn't want to go into crazy detail about this one. Um, So um, she says to plan backwards, always with the end in mind first, which I think we, I feel like that's something that we just learn in school anyway. So instead of planning from the first lesson objective to the assessment um, of your lesson units, identify what the assessment is and what the incremental evaluations and standards are that you will be assessing along the way first. So plan with the end in mind, like what do you want from, what do you want these students to learn? And then that's how you can kind of plan out a unit if needed. Um, Planning. Oh, go ahead. And then convince your principal to purchase core knowledge. Yes. Good. uh, good side that'll get you out the door on time (laughs) yes core knowledge is amazing I will I will yeah die saying that (laughs) uh let's see she says and I agree with that planning is an investment so you will Mm -hmm. not have to commit such immense amount of time each day or even each week if you really make a huge initial of that investment in your lesson planning um so even I mean your first year especially if you stay at the same school you have the same curriculum um, that first year is going to be tough because you're going to be planning a lot because you don't know your content, your lessons, your curriculum. But even as a second year, I will say that this year has been so much easier. I don't feel like I spend as much time reading through lesson plans because I know what I need to teach. And I'm sure for you, it's even easier. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess my biggest advice going into my almost, well, it'll be my sixth year next year is stop recreating the wheel mm-hmm. every single year. Like, yeah. I don't know who's doing it, but there's probably someone out there who's doing it. Yeah. Don't use your lessons that you've used and just get better at them Yeah, and, and make get, improvements. And get better at organizing them too, because mm-hmm. we, like we've mentioned so many times before, we have our planning document and that is broken down by day of what we mm-hmm. do each year, day by day, week by week. So you know, invest the time up front to get something like that done. And we are blessed and fortunate that Carter Mogren really did started that. it. Yeah. And 
we reap the benefits. So, you know, put in that, put in that time ahead of time and then it'll, it'll work out for you better. Um, cool. So that's all I'll say on planning. Obviously you can read the book. Um, she goes into a lot of detail on how she plans. Um, so yeah. And I think we, we should do an episode. I know we've talked about it before, but like, I really do feel like the reason why we get our behinds out the door on time Mm -hmm. is because of planning and what we do up front with it. Yeah. So maybe one of these days or like on a live episode, we break down our planning document and just show it. And this is what we do. Exactly. And that way you can also (laughs) get your behind out the door. Yes, you can. Mm -mm. Um, so the next chapter is the dynamics of professionalism and communication. So your choices are greatly impacted by your mindset, your emotional state, and then your degree of readiness at that time. So obviously every day is different, depends on how you wake up in the morning and depends on like one thing can affect Mm -hmm. your mood. Um, at least me, and I'm really trying to letting that happen um you know leave you're supposed to like leave your personal life at home but at the same time we always talk about you need to show how to regulate emotions so if you are having a hard day I think it's more than okay to tell your students that you're having a hard day and why and then how you're going to bounce back from it Mm -hmm. um she says principles to live by humility, respect, and forgiveness. I think forgiveness is the biggest thing, especially when you are on a team that like we have, where we are so team oriented, I think forgiveness, and I need to remind myself of this a lot more often. Forgiveness is key because, you know, we're only human and we're all going to make mistakes no matter what. Um, They're all pretty. I mean, I know you're absolutely right. Like forgiveness is huge, but so it was like humility and vulnerability almost like yeah admitting your faults going back to like that episode with Allison Westerland you know is yeah. like just being truthful and letting people know like when you're not okay and when yeah. you need support or how you messed up yep exactly and obviously we all heard treat everyone the way you want to be treated and that applies to your coworkers and obviously your students. Um, I don't, we could, let's, I mean, we say it every episode, don't yell at your children and don't yell at your coworkers. Don't be um, mean. Sure. You don't like being yelled at. Nope. Um, teaching and learning are beyond the classroom. Um, I like how she describes that this school is one big ecosystem or one big educational family we're all in this together and we all need to work together to make sure that we are giving our best to our students. Um, because ultimately that's, that's why we're teachers. We want to do our best for our students. You can't say the line. We're all in this together. I can, And and then expect me to continue to listen (laughs) to the words. Cause you're just singing in your head now. I was dancing. You missed it. Dancing. Love it. Oh, I could get sued for that one. Yeah, I'll stop I singing now. It's I just kind of threw it in there. I love it. Um, <laughs> love it. Professionalism is your work ethic. So she has the triple D's, which refer to dress, <laughs> demeanor, and discourse. Yes, dress, dress. Let's talk about how to dress. <laughs> I oh, do. Man. I appreciate. I we've said it. We've had a whole episode on it. A whole episode. dress code is key. Key. 
like you establish yourself as a human in front of your children. You do. And I know it's not about what you wear and how you look and all that stuff, but it, you, you set a tone you do with your clothing. You do. You do. So. Bottom line and your demeanor. I mean, if you look sad and disheveled every day, then yeah. I mean, you're going to, I'm sorry. You're going to give that to your kids. They're going to be there. I don't know. It's like you, you are the example. So take with that, what you will. <laughs> um, Ooh, I liked this one professional face in the hallways at all times, mm-hmm. smile and greet passing neighbors with words or a nod does not have to be obnoxious. Um, it could just be like a gentle wave, a good morning. And please always, if somebody says good morning to you, say good morning back. That's like my, one of my pet peeves this year is when I say good morning to someone and they look at me, they acknowledge that I'm there, but then they do not say good morning back. I think it's just like, I don't care if you're having a bad morning, just say good morning back. It's two words. You can do yeah. it. <laughs> well, and that's with adults and children. Like you, I say hello to every child. Yeah. Even if I don't know them, exactly. I look them in the eyes and I say, good, good morning. morning. Good yep. afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's a former student. How are you? It's good to see you. But yeah, you need to be. I mean, I, I like you, it drives me crazy when I yeah. say good morning and someone look, even as a, if a child doesn't like, Oh, oh yeah. I mean, adults, especially, me. but a child too. I'm like, no, you yeah. need to say good morning back or at least hello or whatever it is. Well, um, and our school is so good about, um, phones down in the hallways. Yeah. They've asked us, you know, they it's said, hard to, they say to like children see enough of their parents with their phones in their faces. They don't need to see us with mm-hmm. our phones in our faces either. And I even think about it too. Like, we're second grade teachers. So mm-hmm. if we see a kindergartner or a first grader in the hallway, that could be your student one day. Oh, yeah. um, so you want them to see you as respectful and, and whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, a little apple bite she threw in there. Um, she said, walk around the school when you have a chance, which I feel like you and I haven't done this in a while. We used to, um, but we're, you I do it all of- the time. Do you still? I oh, yeah. Gone. I feel like I never go into the third grade hallway and I need to be better about it. Um, but she says it can be really refreshing and rewarding to wander the halls and see teachers teaching and students engaged in learning, um, especially if they're former students and you can kind of see them engaged in their their teacher um, teaching, whatever it might be. I think that's really important. So just take five minutes out of your day. Just walk around, look at the artwork on the walls. Yeah. Just feel good about where you're at. <laughs> I 10,000% do that all the time. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm the, yeah. I'm the creep that peers into windows and I yeah. walk into classrooms. Like I walked into Tisha's class the other day and she was so funny. Cause I like just wanted to go look at students to be oh, honest with you. So awesome. I, I was really like, have oh, not done that. I'm like too afraid to walk in. into a classroom. <laughs> I love walk. I am that human where I'm like, Hey, can I come in? <laughs> like, yeah. And well, that's like, what I love about our school. Out. We're so open to letting anybody come in our classrooms. It's so nice. <laughs> I was like, though, so, first graders. Yes. Let me spy on you. They're going to be our kids next That's year. exactly why I walked in. <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> okay. I'll look at my roster for next year. Yep. Go spy. It's so fun. Uh, let's see. This next part is more on like gossip and stuff. And obviously just 
don't take part in it. So mm-hmm. speaking harshly and unkindly about someone who has angered you or offended you is best done outside the workplace. There is a difference between venting and there's a difference mm-hmm. between gossip. So venting is kind of getting everything off your chest. Gossip is similar, uh, but with a pungent twist. So she says, avoid gossip, which I think yeah, we can all agree with, but um, you well, know, we find ourselves in the midst of it sometimes without I'm, even like trying. Venting and gossiping has very different feels to it, right? Like yes. when I vent, I feel like lighter, you know, yeah. it is something that's been weighing on me. It's taxing on my mental health. You yes. know, I went to Skylar, like Skylar, we're each other's people, you know? Yeah. When something is on my mind, I feel like you have to have your go-to buddy, mm-hmm. someone that you have immense trust in. Yeah. But yeah. I would just vent and it, it wasn't gossip because when I left, I felt okay. Like that's off my chest. I need mm-hmm. to move forward. Whereas gossiping, it feels heavy. Like you leave and you just feel heavy, yeah. you know, it's still there. Nothing's been resolved no change has been made and it just continues. Yeah. It's it's not like it's productive. Yeah. It's usually not productive and it's usually negative towards somebody else. So stay away from it. Yeah. Um, which she also, I don't have this in my notes, but there was a part where she talked about like work friendships and how like (laughs) they should, they should remain. She's like, I'm all for work besties, but like, it has to be a productive relationship. And I was like, I w- well, he clearly doesn't know us. I know. I was kind of like, but, but we are productive. I say we're productive. We are productive. I mean, but we're also work. What are we? Oh, <laughs> uh, we're work real life besties. What but that's mean? the thing. Yeah. Like you can make real life besties and still be work besties. I didn't know you until I worked where we work. So exactly. It, you know, maybe we're the exception, but we don't (laughs) always have to be productive. Like when we're done with our masters, we're going to go on a trip and be unproductive. Oh yeah. We're putting it in the universe and no one can stop us. We're going to eat a lot of food and be productive. (laughs) I don't know where we're going yet, but it's going to (laughs) happen. It's going to happen. Um, this next part, I said, maybe Taylor will disagree because this is what she says. Um, she says that when it comes to hiring and who is in what position, that it is none of our concern and none of our business. No, I disagree. (laughs) I absolutely disagree with that statement. (laughs) You don't disagree. Um, I don't disagree. No, no, I disagree. But it's also like, I understand where she's coming from of like, that's their business. They're the ones doing the hiring, but, but like we have to live with that decision. That's what I'm saying. We are very team oriented at our school. So yes. my assumption is that, sh- that where she has worked is not very team oriented, mm. but guess what? When they are hiring somebody that's going to be on our team and that I have to work with. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we do have a TA. So if somebody is getting hired at a a TA, I have a say in that, or at least I should have a say in that. So yes, I I just wanted to point that one out because I knew that we would have a little disagreement with the author there. Strong disagreement, (laughs) not even like a slight. I, and I think everyone that we work with can back me on this one. Mm -hmm. It is a right. I it is, it is a right to have a say 
and who is joining your team mm-hmm. the following year. Yeah. Because yeah. it is your mental health. It is your, our classroom, our yep. team, our school culture. Yep. And I think it's only fair for you to know who's coming in. Yeah. I do. And our school is good about that. Like we sit down and we have a meal. Yeah. We just oh. went out and speaking of candidate, what she's hired or she, I know. she accepted so the excited. job. So shout out to our candidate friend who's now our work friend. Yeah. I'm not going to name her, but yeah, I'm we really happy her, we met her. We are, our headmaster asked us to take her being a candidate candidate who had who was um coming to look at our school to see if that's where she wanted to work so we took her out to dinner and it was so fun and I think that we convinced her because she wants to work with us so she's amazing we were there for two hours yeah it was awesome but that's what I mean though is like that is that's what you should be doing on a school yeah you know taking having a meal like Mm -hmm. that's all you need have a meal with an interviewee and see if you actually enjoy them. Yeah. You know, that's what they do on the fire department. Well, not to that extreme, but like David went through four interviews just to see if the the people are compatible. Yeah. I think you should spend a day at a school to see if you're compatible with the school. It goes both ways. It does. It goes both ways. And you should always have questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, she said that, sorry, lost my place, uh, professional uplift, she says is checking on staff members from time to time that are not on your team, which I think is great because if you're just going like, you know, you're wandering the halls, like she says, you should check on other teachers and see how they're doing. If you, you know, maybe don't have a lot of things on your plate, you can always offer help. It's just like, it's about building that school culture Mm -hmm. and that school community. Um, so be that person. If you don't have a person like that, be that person at your school who walks around and asks how people are doing, because how can you not love that? Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought this little quote was funny. She said, (laughs) teachers talk. (laughs) And you do not want to receive that label. Oh, awkward. <laughs> awkward. As that is the name of our podcast. In case you didn't know. Um, she said it can be hard to recover from being <laughs> a teacher that talks. So. It's fine. We are teachers that talk. Good yes. things. Yes. Good things. Good things. Productive things. <laughs> Uh, and then this is also it's hard to recover from it's hard to recover from uh from so this is also something I kind of disagreed with she I obviously won't read the whole part but she said you know the way she worded it was kind of put your head down focus on yourself uh don't worry about what others are doing and basically focus on making sure that you're being productive and things like that time out yeah so I just contradicted everything she just said right? She just said, go check on teachers, but keep your head down. That's where I was a little confused too. So, and like I said, like I did enjoy this book, but there are parts of it that I don't fully agree with. And that is one of them. Which is fair. You should be making sure everyone's okay. And you should not be putting your head down and like ignoring what other people are doing. No. Um, I will say that there was a teacher that worked at our school last year that that wasn't the absolute best. And, and she unfortunately doesn't work there anymore um, because of some decisions she made in her classroom. And I feel like if we weren't 
team oriented, we wouldn't have known what was going on in that classroom. And yeah. So, and I hate to talk negatively, but that did happen. And, and we needed someone new that wasn't going to be the negative, you know, um, what am I thinking? Like personality, I guess I should say, but also like, you should just care about your school enough to not keep your head down and, you know, and like ask people, like she just said how they are doing, what do they need? Yeah. How can you help out? Like we were down and out teachers left and right the other day. Yeah. I went to the office and I was like, what do you need? Yeah. Yeah. My head is never down. Yeah. I don't even close my door that often. Like my door is always open. I close my door when those fifth graders walk by, but that's about it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. They're loud. But you do, you have to be checking up on your team. Yeah. First and foremost, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting that she said that right after. I wanted to bring up that point just because I, I, I knew we would both disagree with that. Mm -hmm. And like, you should not be putting your head down. You should be everyone in the school. And, um, that's what's best for the students too. Well, and I will say like, yes, your mental health matters, period. Mm -hmm. Like you, you do come first. You're a priority, but don't put your head down. Yeah. And the minute you isolate yourself, the minute you're cutting your, you're just cutting yourself off from all your resources. Yeah. The people that are going to support you the most. And I, I mean, that's how I took that little section. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that's what she meant, but you know, it's possible I could have taken it a different way. Um, it's on, it's on page 121 for anybody, um, that gets the book and wants to read that part. Um, but I will just buckle down, like do, do what's expected of you. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll read it. One of these days. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll we'll get a different interpretation. So this last section is, I'll just kind of breeze through it just because I feel like we've made all these maybe not all these points, but made these points before. It's about student expectations. So she says the expectations for the students are simple and based on three things, respect, kindness, and safety. Um, They greet you at your door each day, which we do, right? Um, It gently encourages respect, confidence, and manners. So you should be at your door greeting your students every single day with a smile and a handshake or a fist bump or elbow bump, whatever it is Mm -hmm. you want to do. Um, students bring and present their best in all that they do. So that should be an expectation you set for your students is I want your best every day. Um, obviously the best that you can do. Um, that's, I, I always tell my students, back. yeah, I, I tell my students, I don't expect perfection, mm-hmm. but I expect you to try your hardest and do your best. So it all goes back to intrinsic motivation. Exactly. Which stop doing external things. You're ruining yes. our intrinsic motivation in <laughs> grade and beyond. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And let's see, she expects, oh, one of the expectations she sets is feedback, meaning take the time to establish a culture of positive and constructive feedback among students. So they should learn to be intentional with feedback and require students to give and receive feedback, which also aids in academic ownership and responsibility. So um, I haven't done it so much this year. Actually, I haven't done it all this year. Teaching students how to respectfully disagree is something I think is super important, even at a very young age, is is 
is teaching them how to um, give feedback and a respectfully disagree with someone or agree and tell them why you agree. Um, that's the type of feedback that they should be learning how to give one another. And you should also be giving feedback as well. Um, I also think like academic feed, like that's where my mind went was academic feedback. Yeah. Even in second grade, in my opinion, and I know people will disagree with me because I've had a parent years ago disagree with this. I think academic feedback is absolutely necessary, even at seven years old. A hundred percent. Because I mean, even last week (laughs) we were grading papers and Claudette was giving like threes out of fours on penmanship and students said, why? Like, why, why is this not a four? And she gave great constructive criticism and feedback and said, well, this, like these lines or these letters were under the line and this, that, and the other they were able to take that and apply it and do much better the next time. So it's yeah. not like they like they're, they're capable of understanding where they can improve mm-hmm. and how there is always room for improvement and yeah. that we're not perfect and it's okay. Exactly. And yeah, I like how you said, I mean, there's always room for that improvement. You shouldn't ever just settle with like, Oh, that's good enough for me. Right. And right. you know, I'm guilty of that, but we need to teach our students that like, you can always do better with anything that you're doing. And then the last point she makes is allowing students to feel comfortable and free to move about the classroom encourages ownership and responsibility for their environment. So like I thought of that of like my students know where the extra tissue boxes are. Mm -hmm. So when the tissue box is empty, they get themselves a new one. Like they take ownership of that. That's not my responsibility. I don't necessarily agree with just letting your students get up out of their seats while yeah teaching no I don't know if that's what she meant I don't let my they have to have a hand signal to get up otherwise I will have about five students back getting tissues yeah that don't need tissues easily <laughs> yeah so and no, the I rest agree. of the book she does talk about like um you know not taking work home with you things like that although it does happen. You're a teacher, you're going to bring things home with you. So I just encourage anybody um, to read this book if they kind of want to know more about that. I just think like these were the points that I took the most from, I would say. Um, And I did want to keep it a little bit shorter because I can, I can make it a lot longer if I really wanted to. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that is Teach and Go Home by um, Danielle E. Felton. So again, there were some things that I didn't necessarily agree with. And, you know, if she were to ever listen, it's not anything (laughs) mean, but I'm just throwing it out there. Feedback. It's feedback. You said it. (laughs) First and foremost, props to a teacher for writing a book. Yes. Um, That's fantastic. And more of us need to be doing that so that the world can hear our voices and hear what we're going through on a day-to-day basis. And Taylor, are we going to write a book then? We have a podcast. (laughs) That's how we (laughs) get our word out there. (laughs) Um, But it's true. Like that's incredible that you had the time. So clearly she's doing something right, you know, and she's able to get out the door so that she can write a book. So good for you, Danielle. But also I guess like my biggest advice and given you all know this I'm only in my fifth year but it all goes back to curriculum 
Like I, and we've had an episode on it, but I just wish I could stress like, and I know people will disagree and that's okay. Yeah. The more that you have your curriculum planned and lined up and ready for year to year to year, the easier it is to get out the door. I am, I am not sitting in there planning instructed instruction, not planning my lessons day to day to day. Like things are ready for me. I walk in the door, I proofread, it's ready to go. You know, and every year it becomes more of my own. And every year we make improvements. But that I think that's my biggest takeaway is to get you out the door, stop recreating the wheel every year, save everything. We live in a technology-driven world. Use that to your advantage at this point. Yeah. That's my advice. That's I could it. write I like that it. book. I'd be like, I, yeah, use core knowledge. <laughs> I say, you know, invest your time, especially in your first year of, of teaching, invest time into planning and organizing. Yeah. And I feel like the years after will just make it so much easier. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that. All right. A positive. <laughs> I know um, mine. Oh, go ahead then. You go. I mean, I already said it. I finished. Oh, you stinker. Final. I am done. I I kid you not. I was (laughs) sitting down. I took, so I took today off to finish my final because I won't be able to do it this weekend. I took the day off. I finished and I literally took my glasses off. I looked around my house. I was like, (laughs) I just finished my master's degree. I didn't submit it because Taylor and I are going to pop some champagne and submit our, our assignment at the same time. But I finished it and I literally yelled. My brother was in his room. I was like, Lucas. He goes, what? I'm like, I finished. He goes, all right. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, yeah, that felt, I can't Three even. years like, worth of a master's degree. I finished. Finished we, it in your living room. Yeah, loved it. So yeah, oh, I positive today. <laughs> I envy you right now. I do. I promise you, I think knowing you, you'll get it done within like an hour. Because I hope so. Everything that we've already done this whole class, just putting it into one document and then recording a five minute video of you just kind of discussing it. So, okay. Easy. You got I think it. I can do that. Yeah, I do. You can. Oh gosh. I can't <laughs> wait to be done. What a dream boat. I'm going to cry, I think, when I submit it. I almost did cry just finishing it. So I'll cry with you when we sit okay. together. Deal. Um, gosh, I wish that was my positive. <laughs> um, I had a really nice day. I had 22 kids. It was so quiet. It was so different. Um, but, I mean, that's not my positive. That was just kind of like a nice note. I think my positive was waking up to the news that our the candidate that we took out accepted the job at our school. I think that yeah. for me was a big deal because that is awesome. I just had a really nice meal with her. I thought that she would be a lovely fit at our yeah. school. I think she has a great background. She comes with a lot of knowledge in fourth grade, which is always great. Yes. Um, and I just see like a potential new friend, you know, yeah, which is really cool to think about. And I, I look forward to next year because we're starting to like get in that mindset of, okay, new kids are coming and what's changing and all that good stuff. So I have no complaints on my end today. 
<sighs> How many more days? 16 more days? I hate the countdown. <laughs> I do. I do. I do not want this year to end. I'm actually Same. so I, this is TMI, not really, but we, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this. We like kind of pre-sort our classes for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second grader is going into third grade and we get to like, anyway, long story long. I was talking <laughs> about one of my students who is challenging. Um, but I started crying. Yeah, you got emotional. <laughs> I got really really emotional of talking about this child and I think it came from a sense of it took four quarters took 36 weeks of hard work but we finally established trust yeah and a relationship and it just felt it was a bittersweet you know it's like hitting me that these kids are almost on their way out and I will not be okay it showed how invested you were in her and that student that you were emotional about letting her go. I think it showed, um, it, it, I wouldn't look at it as a negative thing for sure. I was a little embarrassed. (laughs) No, I don't think you should have been. I think it really shows how much you care about this student. I do. Um, but yeah, (laughs) I love it. Okay. Well, we'll let you guys go. Yeah. I think follow us teachers underscore talk underscore podcast <laughs> send us any teacher tales i think we want to record another one of those here soon um you can dm us on instagram or you can email them we have an email teachers talk pod at gmail.com any funny stories inspiration inspirational or anything so i have a funny one that i'm actually kind of excited i actually wrote it down i remembered so yeah Okay. Oh, you do well. Goodbye, everybody.